Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweeps. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. The topic of our podcast today is the Seaside Murders. It's uh, murders that took place in late uh, 1977, and uh, we're going to talk about these uh, grisly murders. But before we do, I'd like to remind everyone that we are a true crime comedy podcast. We use adult language, so if that offends you, please check out one of the other fine podcasts out there, um, independent podcasts. Like Winnie the Pooh, you candy-ass son of bitches. You can't handle a little bit of adult stuff. No, here you can't handle a little bit of cussing. So go over to one other fine podcast where they can tell you about evisceration and dismemberment and so so your sensitivities aren't offended. For fuck's sake. (laughs) Uh, Let me introduce our um, panel. Because sometimes they just rudely interrupt anyway. Let me introduce the lady who is known as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy? I'm good, Timmy. How are you? Okay, Brandy time was nice. <laughs> wow. I'm well. Did you have a nice... He's eager to go, isn't he? We didn't... Because he's just bitchy. He is a little bit bitchy today. He's taking on the ACLU and... He's bitchy. Yeah. So, how are how was your weekend, it, You Brandy? know, I'm going to tell you this, Timmy. Doesn't okay. matter. If it weren't for the ACLU, we would not be able to download all the porn we download on our computers today. So we have the ACLU to thank for our porn selection. Yeah, so, okay, now to turn in against the Nazis. Anal Angels, one of my favorites. <laughs> They're turning against the Nazis, but it's only a matter of before they come after your porn. It's <laughs> like that poem. Uh-huh. They came after the Nazis. I was not a Nazi, so I did not care. But then they came after my porn. And then they came after your the midget marchers, porn. And I was not a marcher. I did not care. Uh-huh. And then they came after the porn, and nobody, there was nobody left. You had to porn by yourself. Huh? You had to porn by yourself. <laughs> Doesn't he always? <laughs> well, I hope that your porn will stay. Oh, it's only a matter free. of time, Timmy. It's only a matter of time. Okay, so my weekend was okay. We had a Jake's graduation party. Yes, that was that must have been fun and exciting. It was fun and exciting, although you know none oh. of you showed up. Cause well, you know I, you all you suck, and I got I, fairly hammered. I don't go around people. Yeah, there was a lot of wine. There was a lot of booze there. Oh well, that's good. Yeah, so it worked out. Did a lot of people show up? Yeah, yeah, quite a few people and lots of my friends and was nowhere there. 
He was. He was entertaining the tenant underground. <laughs> there was a tenant underground. There was a few. Okay. Yeah. So he entertained them I see. with magic tricks. And again, <laughs> it was all boys. So they walked out and wanted to know if they could monkey stamp their penis. Oh. I told you them no. Well, you I told, told them no. no and oh. they moved on. Because if they were, if you were able to do that, Chuck and I would have been there. Exactly. If I knew to penis stamping, you didn't tell me that. I don't what, know. What is it? And, and I know you deal with this all the time, Devil, because you got a little know that. Oh, yeah. But we got a we got a four year old that lives next door to us, and he comes over to the house quite a bit. And the mm-hmm. boys' old toys are all there. And without fail, like this week, this weekend, he ran over to the house. He got into the toy box. I was like, "Hey, Riker, he had a birthday party yesterday too, mm-hmm. and it's a pirate theme." And I was like, "This will go good with your pirate thing." And I handed him a plastic sword. First thing he does, hit me in the balls with it. Why do little kids always hit you in the balls? Because that's where, that's their eye level. It hurts. I, I imagine. Every little, I, for, I, but you know what? Kid I, and women, kids and women go for the balls. When, when my children were that age, I would have been prepared and expected it. Sure. But you know what? I've grown soft, devil. Yeah, have you gotten <laughs> soft, and and I now mean, you let the little really? neighbor neighborhood. There's yeah. medication for that, you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> The neighborhood ruffian that comes over <laughs> yeah. and invades your house. I mean, well, it, never give a little kid a sword, first of all. Well, I mean, it wasn't really that sharp. But anyway, it, it, my point being, had it been my kids at that age, I would have I, I would have covered myself. I would have protected myself. Right. But then I realized I haven't been around one of those little demons. And the first thing he does, swing the sword, hits me in the balls with it. So I'm laying on the bedroom floor, and he's giggling. <laughs> it was just bad. Oh, you should have you should have uh, did a Facebook Live of that because that would have been kind of entertaining. Brandy, uh, any other updates from you? You know, no. Getting ready to move. We're moving next weekend, so had to. Yeah, that's doing all that fun. fun stuff and getting the electric turned on and all that hoo ha. So if I am on Facebook less, it is because I'm trying to move. Move. You move all your stuff from one place Boy, to another place. From two jail. places. Two places to one place. Is yes, Noah excited about the move? Noah doesn't know what no. he's doing. Well, we want to um, give a shout out to a couple of new listeners or relatively new listeners, Mark and Shay. Thank you for joining our Facebook group and thank you for listening and we appreciate it. And we meant to give you a shout out earlier, but um, we, we kind of forgot. Colonel kind of forgot. It was his Nobody told me. Yeah. Let's talk about the seaside murders, Colonel. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to introduce. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Let me introduce the man who really needs no introduction, but we give him one. Apparently I don't. You just skip right (laughs) past my ass. Uh, A man who is known throughout the land as an oasis in the desert of despair, Brandy. Nope. He is known as the moral compass of podcasting. He's the most dangerous man in podcasting today, the very honorable, the colonel, the reverend, Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm not good, Timmy. No, of course. Jesus Christ. First of all, I had a little kid hit me in the sack with a sword. Now the ACLU, I can't defend on them as being the last line of defense. I've got my my whole book deals have gone to hell because apparently there's plagiarism and copyright issues with what with what with my books horton here's a oh so you you're you're running into some legal problems velvet jones wrote books like that 
Now I am, I'm, but I, Timmy, I, I've been contacted by some producers in Hollywood. No, oh, he hasn't. Oh, really? Yeah. For He's what? Not. Just to make a couple movies. I didn't know that. Nobody Randy, did. You got to be impressed with that. Because it's not true. They have sent me some scripts. Yeah, they, Hollywood is calling, Brandy. No, I do, no, no, no. It's like Hollywood Street out in Idaho. They're making low budget. Would porn. you go to see a movie starring the Colonel? No. Hold on. Now, Mainly because I live it. What if I was starring in One Flew Over the Colonel's Nest? Nope. Wait, well, that that sounds like a good movie, Brandy. No. A few good colonels. And that's that sounds like a um, an award-winning uh, film to me. You want me on that wall, devil. You need me on that wall, devil. No. You know you do. Nope. Nope. Colonel Gump. <laughs> that one might be... Well, that, that's closer to your true character. Yes. Ah, Jenny. 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 What do I have no. to start calling it? It's Brande. Brandy. There you go. Devil. <sighs> so you're you're thinking about going out to Hollywood. I'm, no, they're going to come to me. No, it's Idaho. Idaho. They're going to come to me. Saving Colonel Ryan. That would be a good one. Nobody yeah. would go to that. <laughs> oh my! Is this something we're going to do like throughout the podcast, or can we move on to the? Oh, you can you uh, can go on. Is okay. A, I mean, I, I'm getting messages from uh, Harvey Weinstein right now. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I thought Harvey's really a little sure preoccupied now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Let's talk about the seaside murders, Brandy. You're big on murder. Mm-hmm. She is big on murder. Seaside is a small town in Monterey, California. You ever been out there, Colonel? I've been to Seaside before. Have you? Mm-hmm. Mm, of course they, he has. They got a hot dog stand on the beach, so sells so all beef franks. Yeah, they, they, and you, the kids there attend Seaside High. They do. S S H S. Brandy. Go Tigers. Go Wolverines. I think, I think they're the clams. Go Badgers. <laughs> No, clams are stupid. Oh, you know, clams are, they look disgusting. Yeah. I would not eat it. Would you eat a clam, Brandy? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. I asked that, and I did not, I was asking you a serious question. He Is a clam The like, answer to either one is no. Okay, okay, is a clam like an oyster? I don't know. I don't eat them. I don't eat them. I don't you know what seafood. you call when you have a whole group of Clams. Bitches. A clan. A clams clan. Look a clan up. of clams? Yeah, look it up. Same I don't now. want to. <laughs> a can of clams? Clan. A clan. Can clams? Clan. A clan of a can clan of clams. Of clams. I get it. A gaggle of clams. Yeah. No. A gaggle of clams. <laughs> Seaside is a small town in Monterey, California, in the United States, with a population of 33,000 and 25, Brandy. That's a big place. That was in 2010. So it may be up a few, down a few. You know, people born, people die. Thank you. Right. It's located two and a quarter miles northeast of Monterey. And they have a big film festival or a concert out there, right? Back in the 60s, Colonel Monterey mm -hmm. Pop Festival. Oh, I remember that. Janis Joplin, mm -hmm. Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. Set his guitar on fire. Played Do you remember that? Yeah, he was out there. I've seen the video on YouTube. Oh, there you go. It's hardly called remembering it. Well, Seaside. I remember seeing the video. There you go. Seaside is a quiet, scenic community, Brandy, which attracts those who desire warm weather 
and a close proximity to the beach without dealing with large crowds. Old so it sounds people. like a nice little place. It sounds like yeah. old rich people to me. It probably is, yeah, I'm sure. It is a sleepy little community where nothing much happens, Brandy. That was not the case, however, in late summer of 1977. What were you doing in 1977, Brandy? The late summer of 1977. I listened to Hotel California by the Eagles. I was perhaps. busy. I was busy being three. You were three? Yes, I was three. What were you doing in 19, the summer of 1977? That's probably when you lost your virginity, I'm guessing. I believe that was the summer, Timmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had, to, I, I had to, the Eagles playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> okay. New kid in town. Life in the fast lane. Oh, life in the fast lane. Okay. Yeah. On the morning of August the 11th, 1977, a, uh, a seaside California police officer kicked down the door, Brandy, yep. to a small duplex and found four females spanning three generations of the Smith family, likely name. Dead from too many stab wounds to even count, Brandy. Oh, jeez. So it was a horrific, I would say, wouldn't you? I, I would think see, so. I'm guessing now Quincy were there. Mm-hmm. Well, Quincy would, well, I think he was in Southern California. But he would have counted the stab wounds. What kind of medical examiner just says, oh, goddamn. No, well, first of all, I don't feel like doing this. I think it's upon first inspection, there were just, they couldn't even tell. Now, I'm sure once they got him back to the morgue and hosed off, they, then they count the stab wounds. Uh, you think then they would? I think like, then they kind of have to. That's you know they have one job. Yeah, well, I'm just going by what our crack researchers said. Well, I mean after well, sur- after a certain you know number, better. does it really matter? You know. Yeah. Well, of course it matters. After one and you're dead, what the fuck does it matter? Because it always matters. It doesn't matter why. Good if you're dead, God. it, you it goes in the au- it goes in the it goes in the autopsy. Well, wouldn't you then be charged with abusing an, a corpse if you... Yeah. What? Wouldn't you be then be accused of abusing a corpse after you stabbed it, after it's already dead? I don't know. It depends on if the person doing the stabbing has a reasonable expectation of you being dead. Hmm. I don't know. I would think if you stab someone in the heart, there's a reasonable expectation. I don't... Well, but, you know, you're not talking about smart people. Looking into the kitchen, Brandy, he could see Josephine Smith. That's a nice name. Jojo. She was was the white-haired grandmother. And she's dead. Yeah. She was laying dead next to her 27-year-old daughter, Susan Harris, Suzanne Harris, who was laying dead next to her 60-year-old daughter, Rochelle Harris. So that kind of sucks. I don't like any of that. Mm -mm. In the bedroom was Renee Ferguson, uh, another 15-year-old Smith family granddaughter and niece to Suzanne. So you're getting all these. Yeah relationships now a lot of families staying in this place yeah. so suzanne was found dead laying across the bed with her hands tied <clears throat> excuse me her hands tied behind her back um, the women and children had been stabbed more than a hundred times and had been lying in the summer heat for two days brandy Ugh. blood and decomposition were everywhere i bet well don't they have air conditioning mm, maybe they didn't have it on Ugh. All for, uh, because, you know, back in the 70s, not everyone had air conditioning back in the day. God. All four females. Rough times. Yeah. All four females had not been seen since attending church on Tuesday night, August the 9th. So two days prior to that. Right. Okay. 
After the service, Grandmother Josephine Smith promised the Assembly of God Church pastor that they would return the following evening for his uh, seminar, uh, but they never showed up. It his was, seminar? Yeah, he was doing some kind of, you know, preaching or something. Sermon. Yeah, okay. seminar. Seminar? What the fuck? Evangelical yeah. seminar. It was an even... Have you ever been to church? No. Oh, so yeah, they... that's a problem. Dottie, come on. Do- according yeah, to Dottie, yeah. they went, he went to church. According to her, we went to church he, yeah, all the time. Yeah, he didn't go to church. I think well, an evangelical bitch. seminar, isn't that called a service? I believe I it is. So. I believe it's a tent revival. No. <laughs> yeah, we have a colonel's tent revival coming up. Oh, too. do you really? Because no. of the summer? Huh? In the summer? We're going to do it at the same time as DweebCon. Nice. DweebCon, of course, is in October. <sighs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. The colonel is going to have a revival to for those save of, some souls. For those of you spiritual, and a lot of those some bitches on the Dweeb page, mm-hmm. they need some soul saving. Yeah. They need. I ain't going to name names, Karen Barnes. But, I mean, some of these people could use some soul saving. Soul searching. But you're not going to name use some soul searching. You're not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. No, Jennifer Riker Smith. (laughs) Okay. And you're that person. (laughs) He's going (laughs) to. Oh, I'm going to go out and lay hands. He's laying hands. Ooh, that's so skeevy. No, just on the forehead. You're skeevy. Just on the forehead. Yeah, but from you, it's skeevy. It's not skeevy. If if he laid hands on breasts, it would be skeevy. (laughs) It would be skeevy. Sometimes you got to, though. Yeah. See? That's, dri- that sometimes that's where that's the devil hides. That's where the devil hides. That's oh, right. on the dirty pillows. <laughs> right there. On Look the dirty pillows. Dirty. That's where the devils are. Sometimes it's in the vagina. Oh, no. I ain't going there. <laughs> I ain't going there. That needs, but, a, but that the, needs an exorcism. <laughs> yeah. But the colonel will be having a revival <laughs> at uh, at DweebCon. I'm going to be the young priest. Yeah, so uh, you'll be, will you be, you'll be laying on hands? Will you be? be laying on we're hands. not doing any of this. I will be passing around a collection plate. Will nope. Be, will be, will, be, will there be talking in tongues? There will be talking on tongues, rolling about on the floor. Wait a minute. Maybe a talking on tongues. There. there may be a copperhead there. You're talking on tongues. Talking on tongues. Talking in tongues. Talking to tongues. Talking. Will with you tongues. be? I f- will you be doing any faith healing? Will you? Oh, absolutely. I feel like you don't if, know shit from apple butter. What you're talking out. about? If we have any leper listeners, what about people maybe with something like hemorrhoids? Um, sometimes. Lay some hands on that. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you can lay hands on that, but it depends really on if it's a. Uh, if, if, if it's gotten prolapsed, Timmy, <laughs> see. if it's gotten prolapsed, even the good Lord himself can't handle that. If it's prolapsed, it's too late, Brandy. It's too late. It's too late. I learned that about from pregnant women. I would totally just rather hear about these dead people right <laughs> now than any more of your shit. Well, see, had I been there before they died, I could have put some carnal healing on them. Hmm. No. Oh, yeah, All right, so uh, why do you say maybe they have erectile dysfunction? Will there be laying of hands on? Nope. nope. <laughs> you're, nope. you're screwed, nope. basically. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're a selective healer. Well, yeah, I'm like the ACLU. I decided. Oh, my God, let it to be, go. What, yeah. No, no, I'm not a pure healer anymore. <laughs> okay, so Grandma Smith promised the, the minister that she was going to be at this uh evangelical seminar brandy sermon mm-hmm. and it grandma, was not like her grandma had been sending to me she had not appeared and it was not like her to promise to do something and not follow through so he thought about checking on them the, the minister 
but his attention was, was directed elsewhere. So he was focused on his sermon branding. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. As the colonel is probably very focused on his flock at all times. I am always checking my flock, Timmy. <laughs> you have a big, you have a big flock, do I, you? I have a, I have a, I have a significant flock, Timmy. <laughs> I see. Uh, okay. I, I, I have what has been described as a rather large flock, Timmy. Brandy? By no one. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So he, they don't show up at this event on Tuesday. That Wednesday morning, both Suzanne Harris and Renee Ferguson were supposed to be at work. Uh, Suzanne worked at an electrical firm, and Renee had a summer job uh, uh, working with the Youth Job Corps. Neither of them showed up, and Susan's car remained under the carport, Brandy. Anything about that? I have no thoughts on that. That's exactly where it had been parked the night before. Do you think they all killed themselves just to get out of Uh, the church? Or work. Or work. I don't know. We'll find out. Later that Wednesday night, a friend of Renee's mother asked a neighbor acquainted with the family to check on him the following morning when he went to work, Brandy. So this is how they're discovering these young people yes at 5 30 in the morning on that thursday august the 11th 1977 uh, this guy goes there he knocks on the door no one answers but as he was walking away he noticed that there was a light on in the bedroom brandy oh somebody's home hmm couldn't couldn't be that nobody just you know left it on he peered through the window brandy dirty uh, yeah he probably done that a number of times and he saw Renee face down in a blood-soaked bed with her hands tied behind her back. That sparks suspicion. That generally is an indication that something there's, is awry to me. There's foul play afoot. There's foul play, yes. So approximately 10 minutes later, the officer I had mentioned earlier was kicking down the door to one of the worst crime scenes he's ever seen in his career. You ever kicked down the door, Timmy? No. Have you? Yeah, the key, the the trick to this is if you ever got it now, people do this all the time. And mm-hmm. They do it wrong. Okay. You don't hit the door with your shoulder. Well, you don't hit it in the middle. You hit it right above, right above about two inches where the lock and the things go. Okay. Now, right at the lock, not at the top of the door. You got no leverage. Yeah, you don't hit it with your shoulder. All you're gonna have is this dislocated shoulder, this all combobulated and junk. Mm-hmm. You kick it right above. Randy, that's why people love this podcast. They always learn something. The more you know. He's so fucking full of shit. You ever kicked open the door? Yes. Oh, hold on. Let me ask you a question. As now, a matter of fact, I have. Before you had the, the upgraded security system put on your office here, how many times were you locked out where you said, hey, Chuck, can you get into my office? Never. Yes, you have. No. Jimmy. I don't. I don't oh, once, once. Once. You had to, And you had to get in. You used a credit card. You didn't kick it open or hit it with your shoulder. Well, I'm, not a, I'm not a psychopath. Well, well, when you can just use a credit card, they ain't no, these are steel doors, for Christ's sake. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You're making for a our audience. Argument. They should know that Brandy's door is just covered with uh, inspirational quotes. <laughs> mm, they're all hippos. No, they're not all hippos. No. Not anymore. No, because yeah. I'm in a pissing match. Yes, so I will win. She posted an inspirational quote on her door, and someone didn't like it, and so her response... Oh, no, it was the hippos on the door that they didn't like. Hippos saying inspirational things. No, they weren't saying anything. They were just pictures of hippos that my staff put on there. Hippos are not very inspirational. They're not. They're just fat and lazy, which is kind of my inspiration, but whatever. Mm -hmm. 
She didn't like those on the door, and so I proceeded to cover the door with inspirational quotes. Nice. And so I feel inspired every day when I walk in. Do you feel good about that? Oh, yeah, because it grates on her nerves. I know. I'm I'm living (laughs) rent-free in her head. Oh, my God. So uh, a medical examiner showed that each victim, Brandy, had been stabbed between 19 and 45 times. So they must have counted it, Colonel. As coroners tend to do. Yes. They get out their little, um, you know, pen and pencil. Calculator. Yeah. The wounds were made of a knife so long that almost all of them have been, uh, almost all the, the stabs had been fatal. What do you think about that? So that's a little overkill there with this thing. Even with three victims lying clustered together on a linoleum kitchen floor, every surface inside the small residence seemed untouched by gore. Seemed not to be untouched by gore. It was a gory place, Mm. That's that's the difference. According to this neighbor, he said he walked in and saw blood all over, and the officer told him right away to get out. Um, And he says, his neighbor says, I do not want to ever see anything like that again. It made him sick. Well, sure. Hmm. They may have found a lot of blood, but it's what they didn't find, Brandy, that caused the investigation to last far longer than anyone in the community could even stomach. The murder weapon. The windows and doors were not broken. Oh. There didn't appear to be a struggle inside the home. None of the victims were sexually assaulted. Nothing valuable was taken from the home or from any of the victims. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, Timmy. Hmm. In short, Brandy, there were no clues, no suspects, and no motive. But they did have a hell of a lot of blood, Brandy. I added that in there for Very effect. nice. Yeah. Yes. And down in that blood, they, they found footprints that were only visible in a crime scene photograph, Brandy. So they did have clues. Yeah, they had like a, I think it was like sock prints, which, you know, is not, no, maybe it was, well, I'll get to it. After a careful study, they concluded that there was one large shoe print, another print not as big, maybe a bare foot, but it was small, okay? Smaller. Smaller, which would indicate more than one assailant. Yes. Mm. Although inexperienced with investigating a house full of dead women, well, I mean, really, he was experienced with that. Uh, murdered by some crazed killer, a long knife, and a short temper. The Seaside Police forced, force used every resource available to them, Brandy. Well, yeah, because if they're out there by Monterey, those people do not, do not like, they, you need to get that shit done. Yeah. Well, you know, this is in the 70s in California, so there's a lot of serial killers oh, out sure. going on. The murders left a small community in shock, Colonel, in shock. Well, it's, it was stunned me, Timmy. The savagery of the killings put Seaside, a town of, at that point was 23,000, in a state of terror, Brandy. I bet it did. Citizens, brigade, uh, citizens Brigades patrolled the streets on foot, Colonel. They were looking for Colonel oh, the Neighborhood Patrol. Good old neighborhood watch. And they had volunteers on CB radios who cruised back all the back roads at night, Brandy. So this community is really... Hold on. She knows all about cruising the back roads at night. Now, see, I didn't say anything about that, Brandy. With the headlights off in search of prey. Mm. It was 1970s. And stalking. It was mid-70s, Brandy. 
a decade when serial killing slashed its way into the headlines. The Manson murders had occurred just eight years before a few hundred miles south. Ed Kemper, your good friend? Yes. And Herbert Mullen, with 23 murders between them, had their nearby hometown of Santa Cruz made it the serial capital, serial killer capital of the world, Brandy. Nice. Their investigation, the police investigation. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Was uh, Thoreau and professional. From Thoreau? The, th- he Thoreau. was there? Thorough and professional. Thorough. From the crime scene evidence, police surmise that the killer and victims knew each other, Brandy. I would think so. And that Renee Ferguson, the only victim who was tied up, was the primary target, Colonel. Hmm, interesting, Timmy. Is it coming together for and you? And she was 15? Yes, she was. Don't worry. All right. Um, they did what the cops did, what they were supposed to view, do. They interviewed everyone that knew the family, and they interviewed them two times, Brandy. Oh, well. They interviewed a total of 500 people. There were hundreds of sock prints on the floor in the 700-foot cottage, and they pursued those leads. But alas, Brandy, nothing. They, they had nothing to go on. So Detective Al- Alan Freeze collected— I like that name. Alan Freeze. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Well, you know, like Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he collected comparative marks uh, with an ingenious method. Every person interviewed was asked to put on socks, step in paint, and walk back and forth on butcher paper. That is ingenious, Brandon. Police then coated the cottage floor with luminol. And everybody who watches anything knows what luminol is. But just in case, it's a chemical that reveals the presence of blood. Uh, and took photographs of the bloody sock prints on the floors. Detectives tapped Louise Robbins, a leading expert in footprint identification, to do the comparisons. Robbins was an anthropologist who had worked with noted scientist Mary Leakey, identifying the footprints of the earliest humans. Still no matches. Two months after the murders, the police still did not have a prime suspect. They searched for clues within a wide radius of the area. They investigated every tip and lead that came in to a special hotline. They sent out bulletins and called reinforcements from the State Bureau of Investigation. But when the crime wasn't solved fast enough, the fear of seaside residents turned to anger and resentment against their own police force. Oh, anger and resentment, Colonel. Yes. Who doesn't have anger and resentment toward the police force, devil? 
I don't have any right now, but okay. yeah, I don't either. But the Colonel, he he's full of anger and resentment. My dad's kind of a prick. I mean, <laughs> but you know, the Colonel was full of anger and resentment today. I know he's pissy, Polly pissy pants. Relatives of the victims and community members accused the police of incompetence. Are you think you'd be able to save her, Colonel? The devil? Yeah. Uh, yeah, give me a give me a three and a half weeks, a couple of whips, some cattle prize, three four Bibles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just made me feel dirty, devil. <laughs> I made myself feel dirty too. I need to go. Ugh. All right, so. All right, uh, accused police. Okay, serving a community of just twenty three thousand people. They thought the focus was too small for the kind of mass murder and should be and sh- that should have happened somewhere else. Yeah, it really should have happened somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> After the bodies were discovered, they organized a citizens brigade to patrol the streets on foot. Citizens on patrol. I would like to do that. Would you? Would you really? <laughs> I would. You know what? Charles? Yes, sir. You have excuse me. Yes, ma'am. You have police contacts from your many years I'm of actually, run-ins with law enforcement. I'm actually on the local board of our citizens on patrol. Well, then, can we get Timmy on there? I can we like get Timmy to I patrol will. the street? He wants to well, be a citizens on patrol. Do you want to be a beat walker, Timmy? I just want to patrol between my house and my bus stop. Oh, okay. It's like I 30 feet, but you. whatever. Well, it's yeah, but, you know, crime can happen anywhere. I'm going to get you some well, body yeah. armor, Timmy. That's what the lady told me when we were signing the lease to our apartment. She's telling us to lock the doors. Crime knows no address. I'm looking at my husband. I'm like, what? Well, that's, that's, that's wise. Well, yeah, but we're not on fucking, you know, oxygen channel here. She's I not, mean, you know, she's not Richard Stack. I would like to have a handkerchief with that engraved on it. Oh, yeah. What's, what, what's that again? Crime knows no address. I, I like that. I like to have a T-shirt that says that. Yeah. Is it a podcast? No. I think I'm going to take that. Crime knows no podcast. No, I'm going to do a true crime by myself, where it's real legitimate true crime. Not this nonsense that you're trying to sell to the rest of the world, spewing out here. Although Timmy's prose is lovely if you try to bring it to life a little bit. Put some effort into it. Come on. Thank you, Colonel. Come on, Audrey Hepburn. Let's eat something. Suck my dick. I'm in no <laughs> mood. I'm still a bit hungover, and I got shit to do. All right. Hmm. So... It's basically, so we've got citizens is? on patrol. It's basically like you have, uh, oh, I don't know, who's what kind of actress would you describe her as? It's basically if you put Laurence Olivier, mm-hmm. myself, and <laughs> Jenna Jameson in the same movie. She's a great yeah. actress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, first of all, they've got Police Academy out there, Citizens on Patrol. I don't have money for the pizza. (laughs) Can you come fix my copier? All right, so. Hey, that's, uh, you know, uh, acting is tough. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so they they got these Citizens on Patrol out there walking around with their flashlights. And you know this is California, so you know they're out there in their flip-flops. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they're not prepared. Bongs, banana hammocks. (laughs) They're... <laughs> Do you own banana hammock? Uh, I own a banana tent. I see. No. <laughs> like a hammock's gonna hold that to me. <laughs> Volunteers with CB radios cruise the back roads all night in their vehicles, break break talking to each night. other in official-sounding language <laughs> about all clear this and suspicious-looking that. Yeah. 
at perp. the end. They're calling each people perps. Well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's your 20? Okay. <laughs> on your 10. Breaker, breaker one night. Yeah, on your 10. Breaker one nine. I got a collie over here on my back door. <laughs> Can somebody come get this fucking dog? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, But at the end of three weeks, police were still no closer to solving the case because you have police academy out there <laughs> patrolling. Then the media started asking loaded questions about the investigation being led by just three detectives in the Seaside Police Force. How many do they have? I mean, there's not that many people. That sounds to me like they've got plenty of detectives. Well, you know, this is a big, this is a big thing. It was a well, big, I mean, but they have three detectives. That's all they have. I wow. mean, if you, you, they should be bringing in other ones, but right. you can't bitch. All right. The lack of trust by the public got so bad that the California Department of Justice had to investigate the investigation. Hmm. Released on September 19, 1977, their evaluation asserted the performance of the seaside detectives is complete and being conducted competently. It further stated that no involvement by the state DOJ was necessary. In short, the local police were doing their job and just needed a break in the case. Just needed a break, Brandy. Well, there oh we go. Sometimes they only had two policemen on the force, and one was walking up. Well, no, the they got at least three detectives. No, they borrowed one from a different county. Is that what it was? Yeah. The break in the case came from a 19-year-old girl who called into the hotline to give them the name of the 14-year-old girlfriend of the killer. Mm. Well, his new 14-year-old girlfriend. Oh. oh now we yeah. it's all coming together. She was calling about getting that girl arrested and was genuinely surprised when the police didn't know who the killer was. She had to tell him. His name was Harold Arnold Bicknell. And who is Harold Bicknell, the detective asked the caller. Or the, yeah, asked the caller. You don't even know that? I thought you said you were a detective investigating those murders. So you got this little 14-year-old snotty kid mouthing off to you. Well, you don't need that if you're a detective in Seaside. No, you don't need it. She was 19. Okay, but still, you don't need that. Well, you know. So Harold Bicknell... Now, here we go. Right. Keep up. If you're writing down at home. Yes, for those who are taking notes. Harold Bicknell was the 19-year-old grandson of Grandma Josephine Smith. Okay. The nephew of Suzanne and cousin to both Rachel and Renee. So he killed his grandmother, it sounds well, like, Colonel. Harold sang in the church choir and volunteered for the Citizens Patrol. Oh, okay. The name, Harold Bicknell. So he was a good citizen. It was the same Harold Bicknell who joined the Navy two days after the murders. Hmm. And the same Harold Bicknell who had a 14-year-old girlfriend that replaced the girl that was on the telephone who was really calling to get her in trouble, not Harold. Oh, oh. So, oh so he dumps this 19-year-old yeah. for a 14-year-old. Hell, hell hath no fury. Yeah, you do. When you're, when, you're a, uh, when you're a mass murderer, you got to be careful when you're dating 19 Right, yeah. Uh, the detective who took the call investigated Harold Arnold Bicknell by mm-hmm. questioning his friends. Those who knew something, uh, they talked. On October 26, 1977, Bicknell was arrested at the San Diego Naval Training Center and brought back to Monterey County. He later made a partial confession to the crime on tape. So, <coughs> we've got a confession, Brandy. Yes. Mm-hmm. His 14-year-old girlfriend, Terry Marie Milligan, was also arrested and charged as a juvenile for her involvement in the murders. In remember, late, there were two sets of I do remember. Yes. One of them was smaller. Yes. 
In late November, another girl, 15-year-old Karen Kirby, was arrested and charged with murder. 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 Uh, the district attorney's office was hush-hush on Milligan and Kirby's exact involvement. All that was known about Kirby was that she was a friend to, the vic- to victim Renee and her sister Raylene. She was also an acquaintance of Bicknell and Milligan, but didn't know them that well. Really? You don't know them that well, but let's go out and do a little spree killing. (laughs) Yeah, so these, I mean, basically these are a bunch of kids. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Mm -hmm. In February, investigators revealed that they had a surprise witness. Surprise witness, Colonel. Who was in the duplex on the night of the murders. Not only were Milligan and Kirby there during the slaughter, but so was Raylene Ferguson, Renee's sister. After the murders, she had tried to block it all out and had not come forward to investigators and the, di- and the district attorney until November. She's lucky she wasn't. I think I'm going to do a remake of one of the great all-time movies. What's that, Colonel? Citizen Colonel. I, I would Shortly watch that. after she told them what happened that night, Karen Kirby was arrested. During a court hearing on, in February of 1978, Raylene testified she was standing outside the kitchen when the attack started after Renee and Bicknell began arguing, according to the Associated Press. I heard screaming, she said, adding that she saw knives swinging and blood and was then struck on the back of, of the head and knocked unconscious. So. Wow. That's, yeah, so there's so, that. So basically this is coming down to a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, pissy over something ridiculous. Yeah, stupid well, over something stupid. They can get crazy. Now let me, let me wrap this up here for you, Timmy. All right. Let me try to. Try to Bring it home, Colonel. Then get on with it, for fuck's pros. sake. Thank you, Colonel. He yeah. tries to he tries to honor the work that I do. I do, Timmy. I know you work hard on these. I know you put a lot. You, Timmy, then read when it. When I look at this page, you know what I see, Timmy? Oh, what do you see, Colonel? I see the essence of you. I see your soul, Timmy. I see, see my soul. soul. Oh, right you might you might want to wipe that essence off before you start touching all over it. <laughs> Now, Raylene says she had woke up in the next morning in Miss Kirby's bedroom. Hmm, that's interesting. And told Miss Kirby that she had a bad dream, she a said. Bad dream, Brandy. Yeah, that shit happens. I don't want to hear about it, Ferguson told the judge. And Ferguson also testified that she once tried to tell Bicknell about the dream. And he agreed and said, yes, it does seem like a dream. Oh, so she's trying to make this like it's a dream, Brandy. Yeah, yeah. she's trying to make us all dynasty shit. Yeah. Who killed J.R.? Raylene is testifying <clears throat> against Bicknell. Okay. And his confession on tape. It was a trial that should have ended in days, not three weeks. But it took three weeks, Brandy. Because teenagers prattle on. Mm-hmm. They do. And they, t- you know, you know, they're on their phone. Well, and, and you have so, yeah. ma- so much eye roll. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. Harold, who had pled not guilty, said he could not recall killing anybody. There you go. You forgot. Yeah, I, <laughs> it happens. I don't recall killing anybody. I forgot. And disavowed his taped confession, testifying oh. mm-hmm. Testifying on his own behalf. He said he went over there and late at night. He's testifying on his own behalf? To confront his cousin. Yeah, he was running back and forth. He'd like ask Don't confront me, none. Right. He <laughs> He didn't. Wait a minute. <laughs> he anyway, didn't testify on anybody else's behalf. Well, no, because these killers—they're—they're. They're well, I'm just checking. I don't know yeah. who's on who other behalf he would be testifying. Now, he said he went over <laughs> on his own behalf, testifying on his own behalf. There you go. He yeah. might have been 
He might have been a, a good Samaritan killer. You don't know that. He well, he was part of the community. Uh, citizens on patrol. Yeah. He's testifying on his own behalf. So he went over there to confront his cousin Renee. Huh? Cousin Renee. He was Renee. going to spill the beans to his longtime girlfriend, Timmy. That's good. Go, Spill the right beans. There. That Spill means Brandy beans. to tell the story. Tell the story. Let the cat to the nineteen-year-old. Yeah. Yes. Spill the beans about his groping I, got and it. grunting and his underage girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. Now, he's he's dating a fourteen-year-old. Bicknell talking in the third person because he has several personalities. And he's testifying on his own behalf. Yeah. So he yeah. does this whole. What was that movie? Where they, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Primal Fear. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he does this whole Primal Fear yeah. thing where he's talking like a because third person. he's so much smarter than anybody else. <laughs> he yeah, stated exactly. that he killed for the noblest reason of all. Noblest love. reason. It's love. It's when I look back, mm-hmm. I see that he was fighting to protect love. One of his personalities declared in court. That is Brandy. One of the greatest feeling. It's really the greatest thing you can do well, is love yourself. The greatest love of all. Yeah, is to love yourself. I don't know yeah. if you guys out there can hear my eye roll, <laughs> but I'm surprised. So Whitney then, Houston loved herself. Look well, what I got her. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't no, be careful. Take, take showers. That's all I'm saying. Jesus. Yeah, and have handrails for Christ's sake. How is it that you, you and your daughter die in a bathtub? How it's amazing, but we're not talking about right. that. We're talking about this. Right. You seem a little cranky today, Devil. Is it already the twenty? It is the twenty third already, isn't it? Okay. Nope. We'll get you. I'll, I'll you go, know what? Timmy's the one going to be late for lunch. I'll go to the market. Going to get you some chocolate. Everything be fine. Okay. Yeah. Just, just simmer, simmer, girl. Oh my God. Simmer, simmer down now. Yeah, slow down now. What I see now, apparently, is one of his good personalities because that one didn't like the cold-blooded stab four members of his family personality. Right, right. Well, we know we all have different aspects of our personality. So he stood up in the courtroom, Timmy, and Uh with much dramatic flair said, when I see how much damage I have wrought, I abhor that man. Yes, he did. What an idiot. (laughs) So he's talking in third person, blaming his other personality for this. Terrible yes. tragedy. Yes. What an idiot. And people that do that, you gotta, you, they're a little bit shady anyway. Now, the Got colonel, yeah. the colonel often will talk in the third person only because, uh huh. well, that's what the colonel does. Yeah. Yes, anyway, he does. Let the it's colonel, part of his persona. Let the colonel get back to my script here. Yeah. It's part of his then, persona, Brandy. People recall, love the colonel. They do. Not they as do. much as they love me. They're going to come to his revival. No, they're going to be there. Then, oh, although he only re- if he's dead first and we revive him. <laughs> although he couldn't recall killing anyone when he first began to testify, one of his personalities oh, oh. later confessed. Wait, here we go. It's coming back. See, it's coming to me. Well, he didn't do it. It was one of his other personalities. Sure, blah, 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 blah. You can't, but you can't hold him responsible. Minute, is he representing himself? I mean, I, I understand that he's testifying in his own behalf. I, I just have one question. But is he representing himself? Are you motherfuckers gonna let me get through this page or what? I'm asking a legit question. Because there ain't nothing worse Does he than have a fucking lawyer? When you're trying to read a script. I know it's it's aggravating as shit, isn't it? <laughs> Does he have a lawyer? Does he have a PD or I something? Look, I don't know. I didn't research this. He handed me a goddamn piece of paper and said, "Read I'm this. looking at Timmy and asking him, and no, he's over there yeah, fucking yeah, scrolling yeah, his phone. Yes, he had an attorney. He had an attorney yeah, who let all this happen? Well, I don't know if he had a fucking attorney. I don't know if he had a gerbil. I don't know if he had fucking croup. He didn't Why really. Ask me I, I don't think he had a, a, paper a good attorney, but he had an attorney. If it ain't on the paper, I don't know, okay? <laughs> I'm going to need you. You're way up here. 
there. I'm just saying, why Polly pissy pants. I ain't on the goddamn witness stand. And okay, I'm reading the goddamn First of all, I'm going to ask this question on my own behalf because I'm asking head. Timmy. He's a talking head. Not talking to you, clearly. <laughs> Not talking to you. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Timmy. Yeah, who usually, as you know, attorney. has little tidbits of information that he withholds from us from time to time. Yes. He does, yeah. Now, if you'd like to quit texting on your phone like a prepubescent teenage girl, we could get back to it. To see if I could walk down to the market. You cannot right now. Let's go. I don't even know where I was. He couldn't recall <laughs> anyone when he first began to testify. One of his personalities later confessed to the jurors that he killed. See, he was one of those first they people. You know how now there's days and mm-hmm. that he was one of the first days. Mm, interesting, Brandy. It's not. Anyway, he thoroughly denied killing Grandma. Thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> I told you a story of my son. Oh, God damn it. Fuck you, Grandma. No, no, no. Yes, you've heard it. You it have heard it, I promise. My son Taylor blurted out in, in a little peak of anger, fuck you, Grandma. To, your, to his grandmother? To his grandmother. Well, no, to his mom. Well, that is inappropriate, I would think. Well, Taylor has a very, a very Taylor's a musician, you know, uh-huh. and he does his stuff. And He's temperamental. Oh, he, no, and he, but he also writes for a real estate company, and she was, uh, she made her, and Tanner has a very, very, very fairly lucrative job at an advertising firm, because, you know, mm-hmm. but, but anyway, Taylor does all right, and. Charlene, well, I shouldn't mention her name, but I will. This is his she grandmother. Happened, his grandmother, they were out in the shopping mall, and right. she said, so you have that job in just the music? I mean, you went to college for four years and got a degree. That's what you want to do? And what is his response? His response was, fuck you, Grandma. What have you ever done? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was appropriate comeback, Brandy, don't you think? Oh, for sure. That's my son. <laughs> Anyway, um, what did, how did she respond to that? <laughs> she just let him be. Well, I guess he. Well, anyway, her straight. the jury also abhorred the young man jury. who had wrought so many lives. He was found guilty on April 21, 1978, and a month later, he was ordered to serve four life sentences. They should have given him 16, four for each personality, to run concurrently, which meant one life sentence. Which didn't really mean his entire life because with without parole wasn't an option until the 80s. And because it was the 70s when prison sentences were ridiculously lenient, there was no law and order. Well, you know, that was when they, the... Uh, Liberal uh, bleeding heart. That's passed. when the um, um, death penalty was, you know, rescinded. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway... Um, you know, he only served like three weeks for this shit. Now he's still in prison uh, now. <laughs> fortunately, the California Board of Parole hearings didn't believe in lenient sentences for lovesick mass murderers. Harold is still serving life sentence at Salinas Valley State Prison. Now, any of you lonely heart dweebs that looking for a pen pal, you got to write him four letters. You can't just write one. You get hooked up with this son the, bitch, it's going to cost you four steps. You know what I mean? The, the reason why he killed... He said he didn't want them talking. One of the girls was uh, going to tell his girlfriend that he had been had eyes for other women. And so he killed her, and then the other three were witnesses, grandma and mom, and the other girl was witnesses. So it was all over some teenage love affair, Brandy. Right. That I'm sure you're familiar with. Sure. Now, fortunately, they locked his ass up. Now, Terry Milligan was convicted in juvenile courts, three counts of murder. 
One count of second-degree murder. Karen Kirby was convicted too, but found not guilty of murder, just convicted of being like an earring, Timmy, an accessory. She was oh, like a she was an accessory. Really. She was a handbag to the yes. job, Timmy. Just like their involvement in the murders that night, their sentences were not made pubic, Timmy. Because they were juveniles, Brandy. We don't know what happened uh, to the two young ladies involved in this case. We neither know nor do we but care. But Mr. Becknell is this. now serving time this in episode has tied me. prison in I'm California. Tied. Perfect. Uh, Brandy, what's your final thoughts on the Seaside Murders? Fuck that guy. What a dick. Uh, Colonel, your final thoughts on the Seaside Murders? Um, I, I would have liked to have got to know all of those four personalities, just the nice ones. Mm-hmm. So, so you believe that sometimes uh, you could have uh, multiple personalities and one be a bad egg? The devil over here got fourteen of them, and all of them bad eggs. So. What about what about this one, Timmy? No uh, country for old colonels. Well, well that's that's, that's a life I, motto that's that I have. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one, Colonel. Yeah, I, I'd watch it. Wouldn't you, Brandy? Would you? Would you no. watch that on Hulu? I hit you with silence no. of the colonels, right? Yeah, I think that's a no. good one. Slumdog Colonel. What do you think about that? Good colonels. I'm, I'm done with yeah. this. <laughs> we Bye. would like to Let's thank, thank our Patreon sponsors right now. Yes, we Let's have wonderful on supporters on Patreon. We would like to say thank you very much. Thank you for your support. And if you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or, or just a wee little bit to me. Just a tip, Colonel. Just the tip. You can just get the tip on there, Timmy. Yes, so let's give a shout-out to all of our wonderful supporters. Jim Seabright, Andrew Scammell, Tommy Lane. Thank you for all my stuff. Aloha, Tommy. Aloha, Tommy Lane. I ate my chocolate passion fruit bar, and it was delicious. Jason Dice, Terry Strafford, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Svoda, Per Westerman, Maggie Glover, Gracie's mom, Erica, Kenny, Hiro, the Comeback Podcast, LK Bar, Reen, Marissa, Bridget, Phyllis Munson, Jennifer Riker Smith, who I will say a prayer for you, Jennifer, Stephen Potts, great, great guy there, Anna Garrett, Ben Devrovich, Ursula Clark, and Diane, who was seeing our lovely Nicole. Yes, uh, Clark and Diane was in uh, the UK. Yes, and, Michelle Johns, Margaret man, that was McDonald, some other Aaron Turner, Jess, Leanne Flanagan, Julia Rodriguez, Mike Sadler. Jamie Dent, Tyrone, Marsha Boris, Stacey Alsop, John and Jody and Sean Wells, Amber Anderson, Ben from They Walk Among Us, and Roseanne, Lorna Violet, Michael Dale, Kelly Charette, Karen Widener, Callie Jones, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, The Pleasing Terrors Podcast, Sarah Bloom, Amber Krupp, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Kimberly Cambron, Elise Edrichin, History Goes Bump, Annette Trevino, Annette Petre, Lise Lahara, Lopez, Alicia and Chip Mincy, Marquia Smith, Jeff and Dawn, Happy Anniversary, Andrew Happ, Karen Bonds, lovely Karen Bonds, I was just teasing, she don't need no healing, she's perfect as she is to me, mm-hmm. Rachel Flint, Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Melissa Montoya, Maja, uh, Carol Elise, Kirsten Malachinsky, Shelley Garrett, 
Adam McWatters, Rants of Reason Podcast, Paula Kimes, Vanish Podcast, Canadian True Crime, Charlie at Insight, Angela Santos, Lydia Wasson Fisher, Kim Stroop, Nicole Adams, Ray Monastero, Tracy Smith, Bridget Bernard, Stacy, Cheryl LeBlock, Weldon, Lady Beverly. The lovely Lady Beverly. That's right. Um, Rudy the Wonder Dog. Rudy the Wonder Dog. And do I have to say a name to me? Do I even have to say a name? I I would wish, I wish you, you would. would. Yes. Um, Veronica Moreno. Yes, Veronica. New one. Yes. Chris Lane. Rudy and the reason we do this show, the lovely Dottie Scott. There Love was you. four dead people in this one, Dottie. I hope that was enough for you. All right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time on History Dweeves. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Good day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.